welcome to the National Technology News podcast. I'm Darvinda Kula, Assistant Editor at National Technology News. In 2022, supply chains are battling several disruptions. They're susceptible to labour shortages, the ongoing aftereffects of the pandemic, and ongoing political turmoil, including the war in Ukraine. An increasing number of companies are turning to technology to modernise their supply chains and make them more resilient. These companies are seeking a unified view of their data and processes, but not all of them know where to start. At the same time, demands from both regulators and consumers are increasing. Firms are asking how they can keep up with fluctuating consumer demand, whilst ensuring every link in the supply chain is compliant with the applicable existing and emerging regulations. To delve further into these challenges and find possible solutions for the supply chain ecosystem, I'm delighted to be joined by Villa Parkinen, Director Product Marketing at Information Management Company OpenText. Welcome to the podcast, Villa. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Dalvinder. It's great to be here. So let's get started. Digital transformation is a buzzword in almost every industry. When it comes to the supply chain ecosystem, where is the best place to start with digital transformation? So let's start with the easy ones first, right? Um, <laughs> I, I think that... It is interesting that digital transformation, at least from my point of view, I mean, it does mean different things to different people. And some people do, like you say, I mean, they do consider it as a buzzword. And for some others, uh, when they say they actually mean a very specific program activities within their organization that are really driving change in the business. Um, I would say that is probably the, the first step if we're looking at like where to start. If you if you haven't started, most organizations have some kinds of plans in motion. But uh, I would say that maybe the first step is really defining out what does digital transformation actually mean for your organization. So um, uh, I had a manager way back and then there's this some one saying that kind of stuck with me uh, throughout my career, which was, uh, are we doing the right things or are we doing things right? And I, I feel like that kind of summarizes it really well. So let's focus on doing what matters for the business. It doesn't matter if we fail at times, failures is an is a opportunity to, for learning, but it really tells the message that we should really be thinking about what are we actually trying to accomplish here? Not just that we have a program because everybody else is having a program. So that's probably the, the first thing that I would do is just really clarifying that for like, what does it mean for our organization? What does it mean for, for our business processes and the way we run things? The second part, uh, this is something that uh, you often hear when you listen to like you, you go to trade shows, conferences, and, and there's uh, talk about uh, digital transformation, particularly from analyst companies. Um, a lot of the uh, observations that they are making is, is that the second part of that term, so digital transformation, so transformation uh, is sometimes forgotten and companies focus overly much on the digital side, like, hey, let's just deploy a lot of technology and do the same things that we'd be doing uh, so far. Let's just do them digitally, and that will be our digital transformation. But it it actually it shouldn't be like that. It, it should be about finding new opportunities to um, really innovate the, the way the business is done with um, these digital technologies. So it does uh, allow a lot of kind of new things to be done. So examples include things like monetizing data, uh, the um, 
digital technology actually becoming a part of the offering. So even with some fairly traditional products, you might actually complement the product or make the user experience uh, a lot better by leveraging some of the information about uh, the product itself or otherwise complement it with, with a digital aspect uh, and really kind of transform uh, the way that product is used by the customers. And just overall automating processes uh, that can help change the nature of uh, the work that your people are doing. So moving from spending a large portion of their time on repetitive tasks to really moving more into the direction of managing exceptions and really kind of being more strategically involved in the process and not just doing things. And um, I, I guess a third thing to, to mention here would be to to start experimenting, right? Because it's uh, it's all great to have great plans, uh, but if we don't actually start doing things and learning in the process, um, they're, they're not going to come to anything. So um, I find that adopting the mentality of really failing fast and then learning in the process, I feel like that's also one of the key things um, on, on a very high level when we discuss digital transformation. Seems there's a lot to, to play around with in, in the digital transformation aspect. Um, what have you seen companies play around with when they've been experimenting and where have they, they found success? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like I said, it, various different kinds of examples. Um, and, and I feel like the success stories really come from, again, the, the fact that we're really rethinking the way uh, the, the business processes work. And I'm just uh, thinking on kind of some of the... Uh, recent examples. And one thing that comes to mind, it's not really from the supply chain industry, but I think the logic is, is sort of applicable. But um, we, we were working with this one insurance organization, actually. And, and um, actually, this was back in the days of uh, kind of the early COVID, uh, when, when COVID hit, and um, they, um, they they faced a, faced a problem with their invoicing. So the, all of their invoices were still being sent on paper. And along with the invoices, they were sending uh, policy documents. Obviously, when you're selling insurance, that what you're selling is actually the promise to cover uh, for for any uh, accidents, kind of protect against risk. So you need to kind of obviously communicate that. So that was part of the uh, communication as well. And obviously, when COVID hit, their um, invoicing processes got disrupted. So uh, uh, that this was in Germany. So the uh, postal services got disrupted. Uh, the invoices wouldn't get to the customers. So customers couldn't get the invoices on time. They couldn't pay the invoices, uh, and which obviously led to all kinds of problems from delayed payments to uh, obviously delayed payment fees, uh, which may, and disrupted cash flow then for the insurer. And um, so that was kind of the, the beginning of everything. So obviously they then figured like, hey, why haven't we moved to e-invoicing yet? So this is ridiculous. Let's do it now. So this, this was the first step. But really once they started that journey and kind of uh, started thinking about, okay, we're now sending invoices electronically great we're digitizing the process okay of, of invoice sending so we're moving from paper-based to digital but then uh, we also have these policy documents so why don't we also make them available in a digital format for the customers so that it's easier like it, it doesn't get lost it's easier to archive um, so it improves the experience of and, and access to that information and makes it more dynamic and, and well, yeah, easy, easier to access. And then they started to look at other things that, hey, since we've started the journey to digitize these processes, what more can we do? And then they ventured into areas like, hey, when we're managing a contract renewal, so when, when a customer wants to buy a new insurance, well, currently we sent them a blank form that, hey, please fill in this information. And most of that information is the same that we already have in our system. So why don't we actually 
extract that information that we have in the backend system, present that to the customer, and actually only have them to um, record the uh, the changes to the information so that they don't have to fill in the whole thing, which is quite an extensive one from scratch. So I feel like that that's that's and that's also that's a huge factor for their kind of customer ex experience. And weaving all of those processes together, um, it, it's really helping to transform uh, the the experience there. So again. Not, not from the right industry. I mean, we're talking about supply chains today, but I feel like that's sort of a tangible example how starting uh, with applying digital technologies to a business process helps you to kind of discover new opportunities and how that can then transform the business. So maybe that's one example. I mean, paper to, to, to email is is phenomenal leap um, in, in sort of anyone's book. Um, but what do you think the, the biggest gaps are in supply chains that need to be modernized um, outside of this paper to email? And, and what practical steps can companies take to achieve this? Yeah, this is, um, to me, I, I think that the biggest gap really depends on the business. But if we just generally look at information, we just recently did a survey with IDC and um, visibility tends to come up quite a lot. So supply chain visibility, and of course, even that is quite generic. So you have different forms of visibility. You have visibility into your business transactions and the health of your business processes. You have visibility into your shipments, where the goods are at any given time in terms of when they're being transported. You have visibility into stock availability of your suppliers. Um, uh, for planning purposes and then you have things like visibility into risk uh, in, in your supply chain so financial risk or then ethical risk and and so on so i think um but but this is something that companies do report uh quite often and uh in particular something that is is a very hot topic at the moment is sort of this multi-tier visibility particularly when it comes uh, to that uh, risk management around ethical ethical sourcing is, is one of the big things right now uh, and um, multi-tier visibility has been a tough nut to crack, so to speak. So um, problems really range from, uh, because you don't have a direct relationship with the lower tier suppliers, but you still need visibility into, you know, if their business is disrupted, that that is going to impact you. Uh, so it does require a um, willingness to share information throughout the supply chain, or then alternatively relying on secondary data sources to really try to kind of piece together that, that information. So I would say that that's, that's one of the... Um, kind of bigger challenges in in like a grand scope of things okay there's a lot of things that, that people can do i mean um well companies are always being told that they can do better they can manage their data in better ways and they should um, implement new technologies but often when they they try and implement these new technologies that can lead to brand new problems i mean will this innovation constant innovation cycle ever end and what can companies do to kind of make this this digital transformation less painful and this innovation cycle more productive for them. Yeah, I, I think that you're raising an interesting point there of this kind of like ongoing cycle of uh, evolution in technology and and then how it reflects on the business. And I, I do believe that it is it is a cycle that that keeps on going. So um, and and that speed is something that varies. So sometimes change happens. Uh, less rapidly and in some uh, other times uh, like the ones that we're living uh, through right now there's a tremendous speed in the digital uh, kind of uh, application of digital technologies in the supply chain and um, it, it is a very natural thing that when we improve on our capabilities to do something so we apply technology to respond to current challenges and we get better as an organization then it does open up 
uh, question of where to next. And usually, uh, once you've solved some problems, then new ones emerge. Uh, so uh, maybe new technology opens up new opportunities to further improve, and, and so the cycle goes. And um, I think that some strategies that companies could take to kind of uh, really manage this or or kind of make make it less painful to go through this constant changes i think the biggest thing that they can do is, is really to accept the fact that things do change and this is uh where a lot of these kind of um agile methodologies come to play so uh, we've seen um it's interesting agile uh development and agile methodologies kind of emerged uh in it kind of in uh, software development but we've seen that uh applied to different uh different business functions so we've seen that applied to marketing processes we've seen that applied to overall uh company strategy so making strategy work in organizations agile so not making far-reaching plans but really being more uh, responsive and agile in in changing course um so i think that it's it's the combination of really creating a culture in the organization where we accept that when we embrace change that we know that there are new opportunities that we constantly need to be out there looking for kind of uh being uh being able to leverage uh and then really again embrace that and then having those processes there to support that uh, and facilitate collaboration across the different parts of the organization and of, of course of course within teams as well so very very broad <laughs> broad uh topic there as well how do you drive transformation in an organization uh, that centers around technology but then spills over to making changes in the business but those would be the kinds of things that i would raise up Okay, I mean, speaking about changes, um, regulation is one of the things that is always changing. Um, there are several new ones coming into force, such as the German Supply Chain Act around ensuring human rights and doing environmental due diligence. Uh, what can companies do to make sure that they comply? Yeah, I think that the short answer would be to be aware of the kinds of regulations that apply to their business. And and this is this is the regulations overall are, I find, very and very dynamic area right now. And we, we seem to be moving from this era of uh, guidelines and guidance, uh, kind of best practices, really, to an era of heavy regulation by governments uh, forcing organizations to take uh, ethical and sustainable considerations into their business practices and really implement them uh, in, in practice. Um, so the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act that you mentioned, the uh, Lieferketten and Gazettes, uh, that's obviously coming to force now from um, beginning of uh, 2023, and that we also see some other developments. So that's not the only one uh, we have. Uh, the um, corporate sustainability due diligence directive if i remember correctly that is uh, being worked on on the european level and next steps with that will happen in may uh, of uh, 2023 and uh, other kinds of regulations are being planned in different parts of the world uh, and generally these tend to focus on obviously sustainability and ethical considerations or the esg is, is a very broad area but they tend to focus on two aspects so the human rights uh down in the supply chain and then carbon emissions reduction is another and kind of overall sustainability and environment environmental impact those are kind of the key things where the focus seems to be uh, and then there's a bunch of other regulations like the uh, electronic invoicing e-reporting mandates coming up in france and poland for example and then yet other legislation that's not really regulating and forcing things on companies but opens up new opportunities like the uh, uk electronic trade documents bill uh, that was announced in october 2022 
And uh, so overall, that there's a lot happening in that space. But I would say that the first step is to get that information, like what actually applies, what's coming up uh, that uh, applies or kind of um, reflects on our business. Uh, and um, it's really hard to do alone. So there are a lot of companies uh, who are specialized in uh, different kinds of regulations. And we, for example, as part of providing invoicing services, we work with third parties as well to always keep current on what's happening globally in the invoicing space. So uh, that's that's what I would recommend is, is really recognizing that there is a lot happening in that space and then identifying who are the partners that can help stay on top of the upcoming regulations. There's a lot to keep up with. And then something else to keep up with are all these trends in technology. For example, we hear a lot about cloud-based supply chain control towers. And this is one of the other latest buzzwords that we hear in, in supply chain technology. I mean, what exactly are these supply chain control towers and how can they help companies transform the way they work? And are there any other technologies out there that people should be looking out for and thinking about incorporating into their systems? Yeah, control towers are that, that's a very interesting interesting area as well. So I, I find that they are often quite loosely defined. Um, there there seems to be consensus around kind of the shift of what we used to mean with control towers doesn't really apply anymore. But we need to kind of move from looking at internal KPIs to really more gaining visibility into the ecosystem, and that's kind of the the broad change that is happening in that kind of space. It also involves sometimes uh, calling it by a different name to draw that distinction. So um, instead of um, supply chain control towers, you might be talking about supply chain command centers or ecosystem command centers. And really, depending on who you speak with, they're, they're going to define it in different ways. So if you speak with an, a supply chain application vendor, they have an application that they call a control tower. If you go to an SI, a systems integrator, uh, they will say that, uh, let's look at your requirements. Let's build a custom version for, for your business. And then uh, we also have our own uh, view on this more of kind of a modular, adaptable um, control tower and uh, I think at the core, it, it's really all about gaining that visibility into the supply chain, which is one of the biggest problems for organizations today. Um, so I would say that organizations should really start from what kinds of visibility help there be people to do their jobs better and, and then build it out from there. Like, What do we actually need? Where do we have gaps in visibility? And, and then uh, defining what does the control tower me mean for our or organization from that. So uh, kind of deriving the definition per company based based on the needs. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of uh, my take on, on the control towers. Um, in terms of uh, some of the other trends that we see, I um, mean, the supply chain twins, uh, that, that's another kind of digital twin of the supply chain. That's a very kind of uh, forward looking, a very trendy topic right now, and it's actually very closely related to the control tower concept. Some consider that as also almost as an extension of the control tower, that that's, that's what the control tower will evolve into, is, is into this digital supply chain twin. Um, other things, uh, I would say overall automation across the supply chain, that that's big, and obviously that takes various different kinds of forms from integrations to robotics to all kinds of things uh, that can be automated and really helping people to be more efficient uh, by taking those repetitive tasks away. Some other areas of security and cyber threats, I would say that that's something that in, in a recent survey that we did, that was actually a surprisingly high number of people really raised concerns about the 
a cyber threat and uh, cybersecurity in the supply chain. Uh, and then really that that seems to be a very, um, very kind of key area for companies to focus on and making sure that they have uh, their practices and, and policies within the supply chain and how they how they are exchanging information that that meets um, the security requirements and it really re helps to reduce the risks. And then we've kind of talked about the ethical sustainability area. So with those regulations looming and com coming into forms, there's there seems to be a lot of focus with organizations around building these capabilities to really manage those risks and gain visibility and particularly around how do we how do we make sure that our suppliers uh, are managing their own risks uh, and then if they if they don't how can we find out about that and how can we kind of uh, impact change and really communicate to them that hey this isn't this is a concern for us we need you to take a look at this so overall tools that help gain visibility into those areas so ethical business practices and, and sustainability that that's another trend that I would raise up. Great. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. But if our listeners want to learn more about OpenText, where can we send them? Yes. Yeah, so uh, opentext.com is our website. And under solutions there, there's a lot of material around supply chains that uh, people can browse through to find out more. Great. Thank you so much. It's been great to have you on the podcast. And I look forward to welcoming you on another episode very soon. And if you have a suggestion for a topic for a future podcast, please contact us by going to the National Technology News podcast page and clicking on contact us. Thank you and see you next time.